0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Shalom, welcome to Asha Torah, practical spirituality, here in the amazing old city of Jerusalem, And uh, blessing you to come join us here in the Holy City. We are waiting for you. Today we're discussing the... Uh, Kabbalistic meditations on the name of God. We use God's name a lot. You know, every time we make a blessing, first of all, we say the word God, which happens to be my favorite word. Um, Of all God's names, God's my favorite because it doesn't mean anything. It's an English term that's used for something we'll never understand. And that's really the most appropriate name if you think about it. For something you'll never understand, why have all these Hebrew names when you could just have one word that means nothing like the word god like what is god mean? it's just a term that people use almost internationally for for something your mind can't conceive of but seems to have had a lot to do with creation happening with the world being created <laughs> But all the names of God that are used in Hebrew, those are actually verbs. They're all verbs. They're uh, ways God relates to creation. They're all the ways of interaction. For example, the mezuzah on the doorpost has the name Shindalad and Yud, which stands for the word Sh. is that, and then die is it's enough, that it's enough. What is that name? That name is the emulsifier of creation. You see, expanding universes get more chaotic. The more it expands, the more chaos there is, the more entropy. But our expanding universe has this amazing ordering aspect to it, which needs a name of, like, that's a name God employs called Shin, and Yud, which causes the coagulation of things to order themselves. And hence, we're having this class right now with tremendous levels of order going on in your body, in this classroom, the gravity, the the uh, smartphone recording this class is there's tremendous order here. And and that's all happening via the name Shin Daladin Yudit. It takes what would be chaotic and instead creates order out of it. a um, nice lady, can you do me a favor and just shut off the air conditioning? Listen to this. Have to speak to the maintenance of this place because that's, that's really obnoxious. I'm sorry about that sound, whoever was trying to hear me. Okay, now we're going to go into a focus on the name of God that is probably one of the more famous ones. I'm creating a baseline here, uh, both above and below. The upper line represents the spiritual. And the lower line represents the physical. And of the most popular of all the names of God is the Yud and the He and the Vav and the He. I'm going to put a dash just to create some kind of a missing character so it can be erased later. Now, every letter begins with a Yud. So you start the Yud. Uh, There's the He. So you start with the Yud and then come down. And then here we got another one there. And then there's the above. Well, starts with the yud. Then it comes all the way down. And then the final hay. Okay. Yud and the hay and the above and the hay. Now, the, the, the hays, you'll notice there's two hays here. And each of those hays represents dimension why he represents dimension i can't really explain but the but the he represents dimension you'll see that it does have quite a bit of dimension when compared to a yud and also when compared to a above the he is has a lot of dimension to it but just suffice it to know for now that he represents dimension my rebbe did explain it to me once uh, years ago, and I can't remember what he said So it's a little embarrassing Why the hay is dimension But but we're going to be Stuck with that for now um, He teaches on Thursday nights But I'm teaching myself thir- tonight So maybe next Thursday I'll go to my Rebbe uh, Speaking of my Rebbe, uh, you You uh, can say to everyone Hi to everyone over there um, You must meet This Rebbe He's the I mean, when you meet him, I mean, my job more introducing you to him is coming back in 10 years to get you out of there. Because <laughs> once you meet him, you're just going to be like, okay, I'm home. <laughs> and uh, and you'll, you'll never leave again. Um, but, and you can meet if this guy looks just like you, <laughs> who you can tell has been there a little too long, and it's time for him to go. Because we're here to give, we're here to teach, we're here to make a difference. And sometimes you can get... So connected to certain things that you forget the the giving part, and so so he's uh, but you would just it'd be love at first sight if you met him. Who's this? Rob Friedman. He's from Denver, Colorado. And He's like six foot four or five. With a, his heads like there's no hat size. He has to like have custom made hats. His heads like this cartoon character's head, and his eyes are like this. And he's, uh, he uh, basically is fasting now for like 30 years, but I mean, he does eat a little here and there, but it's not called eating. And, uh, and he also only sleeps two hours a day for over 30 years and many days he doesn't sleep at all. Like Thursdays, he teaches all night and, and Shabbos night, he doesn't sleep because who could sleep on Shabbos? I mean, it's so spiritual. He just wouldn't even, he wouldn't even attempt to sleep on Shabbos night. But the one time he does sleep on Shabbos is after the chaunt, because who can stay awake? Mm-hmm. Now, the hay represents dimension, so let's get busy. Good. By the way, phones have vibrational options. Oh, there. oh yeah, your medicine, sorry. I should know that by now. Sorry. <laughs> The, the Yud represents a point. It's just a point. And in that point, we're talking about a point that includes within it all of creation. Meaning if you... would uh, uh, Something that comes to mind would be like that original point of matter, if you're into Big Bang theory. So it would be that original point of matter. So that original point of matter... Would have in it Niagara Falls, Yosemite Valley, you know the Jupiter, you know like everything's in there in that one point you see because when that point expands, it's all there. So, so it's all somehow in potential in that spot. So that's kind of a good analogy for a yud. A yud is that is that un uh, that that still unfolded not unfolded, un-unfolded, meaning yet-to-be-unfolded point. Hmm. It's the, uh, it's the, what? It's condensed. It's condensed, but, it, but all reality, all potentiality is within it, within that yud. Now, when you're meditating on the name of God, for example, when you're saying Hashem, you should say it nice and slow, because you got to first go there, first got to go to that point. That point that holds all potentiality, there, that's the yud, and in Kabbalah of the ten spheres, it's the sphere called Chochma. Chochma is—I know a lot of you would consider Chochma to be the word wisdom—and if you opened up a prayer book, you know, we have a prayer for wisdom, and it says Chochma as wisdom, but it does not mean wisdom. Chochma is not wisdom. Someone who's called a Chacham is a wise man. That it is. When someone's a Chacham, he's a wise man. That's cool. But the word Chachma doesn't have an English translation at all. It, is, it means the full potentiality of all reality. It's, the, it's a point of all potential. And it's kind of like a seed. You know, when you're going to have a beautiful apple tree... It's going to be giving apples for generations, but it starts as a seed. And all of those trees and all the trees that will come from it and all the fruits and everything is all coming off that one seed, which is, that seed would be a good example of chachma. The, the word is often separated, meaning instead of the, the Chaf, instead of the Chaf and then the Chaf, the instead of the Chet and the Chaf, which is how you spell it, to explain it, sometimes the the Kabbalists say instead you should flip these two, and then it becomes Koach Ma, Koach Ma, which is Koach means potential, and yeah, in uh, Hebrew the word potential, you know, like in uh, science, the word there's potential and actualization. Potential energy, like a nuclear power plant has potential, but it's not actualized. So the word koach means potential in Hebrew, and ma means what or existence, like the potential for existence. And so the yud represents all potentiality. Clear? And and you have this going on with you all the time. In fact, uh, nothing goes on with you without it. For example, all of you sitting in this classroom are, you are, where are you right now? You're in the unfolding of some plan you had to come to Israel. So you're in its dimension, but there was once a point that said, Israel, Israel, right? Did you guys all have a point where you said, like, meaning you, had, if you looked at your life and all the numbers did all the things, and then there was an equal sign, and then there was a little blank and a big question mark. And then all of a sudden the word Israel landed there. It just landed with the word Israel. Now you're here. So it's, it's now unfolding in dimension. That's the final A, the dimension you're in on your Israel trip. But that word Israel was there. And so was, um, and so was everything else, you know, like literally everything This. uh, the technology. That's probably. Shalom, welcome. Uh, table for two. Yeah, right there if you want. Uh, table for one, right here. Can you? Can, oh, table for two there. Yeah. Can you? Uh, can you sit next to Ezra, please? Okay. If I ever quit the rabbi job, I'm going to be a maitre d at a restaurant. Your waiter will be right with you. So all the technology in this room started with that point. Now the second hay, the second sorry, the first hay of God's name is not actualization. The first hay of God's name is the actual dimension of, of of that point. So, for example, everyone in the room at one point said, "You know, everything kind of equal that you're coming to Israel." So that was the yud. You're like, "I'm going to Israel now." What you're going to be doing in Israel was, was a whole thought process, even though you hadn't done anything. You may not have even called a travel agent yet. So, but your brain started working on like, for example, who here is planning a hitting spot? And did your brain hit that sp- space before? Obviously, if you haven't gotten there yet. So your brain went there way before you got there. You running around spot and dipping in the Ari mikvah and all the prayers and the ecstatic experiences there, that's going to be the final hey later. But the hey here is, hey, that's in my plan. I'm hitting spot on this trip. And that that's just that's, it's kind of inside there. But unlike the Yud, which is just the point called Israel, is all the things you'll be doing in Israel. And what you want to achieve in Israel, what you want to who you want to become in Israel, and who you, everything you want Israel to uh, bring to you before you leave Israel, which I bless you never to do. And the uh, sometimes I think if I would rather die than leave Israel. <laughs> I think about that sometimes. Which is really, I know that sounds kind of extreme to anyone who's planning on living outside of Israel, but the... My my sense is that when you're in Israel, you're like like it's just like the word Israel it is real, like you're you're in this kind of very real place. In the it's just realities that let's put it like this: the Matrix is thinner here somehow. It's it's um, you're much more in reality here, and I find when I leave Israel. That, that people's values often are good values, very good values, but, but there's a, a, the illusion's thicker. There, there's more things kind of pulling you out. It's like if you're Spider-Man, you've been shooting webs onto all kinds of stuff that's not part of the big picture that's suddenly grabbing mental real estate of importance. That if you were in Jerusalem or in Spot or, or any other holy place in Israel, um, it, would be, it would just dim in significance. It would lose a lot of its significance. Things that we just think are so significant are not. And you know what that tells you? It tells you that um, it's not your, it, it's a It It tells you that a lot of the things that we wind up thinking are significant when we're in exile are actually fillers for something it's filler it's filling some kind of space for us but what is that space i believe that space is meaning is meaning meaning there are people who actually get meaning sitting with thousands of others who are kind of boisterous and loud um who are get like way overly excited for large uneducated men putting a round object on the other side of the room you know they 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 have somehow succeeded to get a round object to the other side of the room sometimes they has to go through something but it fits through there i've checked it, it fits so like the fact that they got something through something that it fits through with a bunch of other large and not so educated people trying to prevent that from occurring, will you know really make people go wild? <laughs> people can really go up. I'm almost embarrassed. Like I feel like maybe because I do ecstatic prayer, I do a lot of ecstatic prayer here, and, and everyone's welcome to join me this Shabbos, any Shabbos, to come to the ecstatic prayer groups. There's ecstatic prayer groups here in Israel, so it's amazing. Like to do it, it's a total alternative experience. I mean, you. Can, you got to kind of warm up your voice throughout the day. So, to come to the morning prayers, it would take a while for warm up. But at least in the evening prayers, tomorrow night, for example, Shabbos night, you're you've been talking. You're like it's very fairly warm for this experience to be able to really get crazy. So, but when I do it, sometimes I'm thinking to myself like like if I wasn't praying like this, like I don't want to have a bunch of sports fans put me to shame that they're more excited that those guys were able to move that round object and fit it through something that fits there. That can't possibly be more exciting than my, you know, pledge of allegiance to God through these, these prayers that I'm saying, Look, I gotta be into that. You know, I want to be at least as into it as all those other guys. And the anyway, but, but when you think about the things that distract you and the illusions they're really there to, to replace a lack of meaning inside. And one of the greatest proofs for this, that things are so meaningful here is that because you're probably all thinking that what's so meaningful here. Hi, hi Uh It's a table for two. Uh, maybe you want to grab over here that's, that's a good spot right there. Welcome. Maybe go in one so you can sit together. Make it easier on her. No one, everyone likes the aisle seat. One of the great proofs of this is um, is how amazing our products are here in Israel. How amazing they are. We have just incredible stuff. We have first of all the wines are amazing wine. I mean they can get pretty expensive but as long as you, someone drop them drop some dudge on them they're they're really really incredible. And our craft beer is uh, of the top craft beer in the world, the craft beer in Israel. And the 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 music scene craft beer, handcrafted beer the the music scene is like you know how like people say like whatever happened to like good old music because everything's so electronic today and if ever a rock band tried to get together i mean they'd have to basically play covers for you to enjoy it there's a full-on like original rock band scene going on in israel with actual melodic tunes that that are gorgeous and and incredible and exciting and and the, and the Philharmonic Orchestra here in Jerusalem is, is par excellence, you know, like Zuba Mehta, one of the great conductors of our generation, moved here just to conduct them. The, but it just keeps going through every kind of thing, the arts, the, the technology. I didn't even need to say, but wherever you go, it's top. And what makes it so great? Why is it top? And the answer is, is that If you're going to be in Israel rubbing shoulders with Torah scholars, because I don't care how secular you are, you're just going to get some coffee, but the guy next to you is also coming to get coffee, and he looks like this. And so, meaning you're not some Jew in LA who's, you know, as I like to say, surgically reinstalled his foreskin, who's basically pretending he's a Gentile, and... And is, you know, running around L.A. and enjoying sports cars and makes a bunch of money and maybe he's connected to the entertainment industry or whatever and like does whatever he does. You're in Israel and the meaning's hitting you in the face all the time. So if you want to deny the meaning that a guy gets by being in Israel, if you want to deny that meaning, well, you're going to have a massive thing to make up for And hence, you will be creating something, not every guy will, but they'll create something of excellence, of excellence. That's why I described all those things of excellence that Israel puts out. Because it's not like L.A. where you're never going to run into someone who looks like this. You just never are, never are. I mean, unless you live in La Brea, but like how many people in L.A. live in La Brea? Like, none, you know, no Jew who would ever live anywhere near La Brea unless you had to be within walking distance of a synagogue. You know, that's the whole point when reforming conservative Judaism said you could drive on Shabbat. Everyone was just like, whew, let's get the hell out of here. And they all moved to the boondocks, you know, meaning suburbs. Beautiful homes, you know, gorgeous situations. They commute to work. And they probably drove their kids in for the first few years, but after a while they're just like, this is a hassle. And then they just joined the public schools of their neighborhoods. And their kids now play with Chrissy and Biff. But a lot of people don't realize that the the reason the intermarriage rate hit the 50-60% range in metropolitan areas, you know, big bigger cities, was all because of the driving on Chavez. Because if you can't drive on Chavez you have to live nearby, and if you live nearby, you're part of the schools, you're part of the community. You know, you're you're around, and you're you're kind of current with everybody. The second you're in those suburbs, you're off the hook, man. <laughs> I mean, you may keep stuff for a couple of years, but like, you know, you ain't nobody's fool. You know, you got you got your own little setup now. And There's an interesting phenomenon in America, in uh, New York with Hasidim, is that they, a couple of years ago, they decided they're moving to Muncie and they they actually said, we're going to try this too. We're going to move to the country. And it, it's pretty interesting experiment, Muncie, where Metro Jews, which is how Jews have always been. We're always ghetto, but we're always ghetto because of the, the walking issue on Shabbat. So all these ghetto Jews move to Muncie, which is the country. Which means very long walks. They wear reflective. You know, they have long coats and stuff. So they wear, and they wear reflectors on there. When they're, at night, Friday night, you know, they're wearing reflectors. Yeah, it's really cool seeing chassidim with reflectors on. You know, it's kind of kind of modern meets meets. You know, medieval. You know, chassidim so with reflectors on. They're not electric reflectors because it's Shabbos. You know. But it's an interesting experiment. I can tell you this much is that uh, when my company works, when I do work there, so I, I'll be there actually. and uh, I'll be in Brooklyn for seminars the week of the third, and then I'll be in Muncie the week of the 10th of June. It's coming. And what I've noticed is that when we try to do follow-up in Brooklyn, it's amazing, like everyone comes. But when you try to do follow-up in Muncie, all the women come to their follow-ups. But the men just... The, <laughs> the men just scattered. Well, your the group... group everybody out, so the everyone comes to the... They, they come, come to the reunions? Had lots of reunions. Yeah, it's it's a, that was a particularly special group. Yeah. Oh, actually, you know what? Now that I come to think of it... I, do a the, lot of no, work. it's the last year or two they've gotten much better. But in the old groups, they had no clinging power, those, those men. Because those are the men that, that ripped their wives out of the city to go be the Marlboro Man in the country. And so, but you're right, it's gotten better. I should I should be uh, more kind to you, especially your group was very cohesive. They're still, they're, still they're still connected. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Okay, your group's amazing. Your your group's just, you're probably the longest standing solid group in the history of the seminar. How long ago was that? It's been a couple of years now. Okay. Now, the yud is that point. The hey is is when you unfold the point into all of its detail. If we look at it as a business, so you're going to have some kind of like CEO brain that's going to be a yud kind of guy who's got all the, you know, he's got the idea of what he wants to be doing. But in a big company, there's going to be a staff of hey personalities. Hey personalities are what you call an R and D, research and development. So nothing really gets done there. It's not, it's not something that gets implemented necessarily, but they take that idea and now they're going to play with the idea and think about cost benefit, think about how they can possibly produce something that of value with that without too much cost and see if it's something that they feel will be marketable. They may throw it back to the UD guy and say, "It's a wonderful idea, but you know we will go bankrupt if we try to do that." Or let's do that in two thousand twenty-one, but two thousand eighteen, we're going to have another version of it, and we're going to obsolete it. You know, into that. So you're you're a little too forward-thinking, Mister CEO, for that one. And so those are hate personalities, and the, in the world of business consulting. Um, you also, you'll notice all the jobs are here, by the way, this is the CEO type. It's just the idea person. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a very good oriented personality. The hay personalities are business consultants and, uh, I, I've been working for years with people, usually for free. I'm finally going more officially now, um, which somehow came out free too, but, uh, but it was supposed to cost me. $10,000 $10,000 to work with this firm, but they did deeper research on what I do, and they said, it's free now. Mm-hmm. We want in, and so they want to partner with it, which is kind of interesting. Uh, it's a great compliment. My only problem now is I don't understand the contract because I'm a youth person. Now. <laughs> I don't understand what I'm supposed to sign, so I'm not sure what I'm doing. Um, someone had a question? Yeah. How many... Personalities. How many what? How many, letter personalities? How many letter personalities? Well these are these are always kind of pretty intense type people, but the Vov personality is six personalities. That's a sixer. So this is a UIT personality, those are the idea people. This is the consulting types. And this is the six, this is the sixers. So the so VOB, look at the Vov. What's a Vov? A VOV is a Yud. A Vav is a Yud that implements, it hits Earth. See, the Yud never touches the physical world, whereas the Vav comes and hits the physical world. And that's the implementer types. So, for example, in in Torah, there's some guy cruising around the building cleaning all the time. He's going to be within those six personalities. He's going to be one of these Vov types. Um, anyone involved in business administration—that's going to be a Vov type. Uh, anyone involved in uh, any kind of maintenance, logistics, and stuff like that—are all going to be Vov type personalities. Vov personalities are very important. There, there, nothing gets done without them. They may not make as much as the you and the hey guys, but they're um, meaning financially. But that's okay. There, uh, you need you and the hey guys to create a large-scale economic system for a lot of people making money. Of course, the Yud and the Hay guy is going to make more, but the Vov people are all feeding their families, too, and it's a good thing. Yeah? Do you want the Vovs? would well, you be, for example, a Yud and a Hay, or a Hay and a Vov, or a Vov and a Mug? Usually not. Sometimes. Uh, we have, obviously, all of them. I'm, I'm only talking about where you, like, what's your major? Like, what's your... Dominant force. Anyway, but I, I didn't exactly want the meditation on God's name to turn into a business class. You know what I mean? Like we're kind of in there for a while now. So let me take it out for a sec. Yud is God. Yud is, in the name of God, that's Yud and He above and He, Yud is the single point that includes the potentiality of all of the universe. The He has the detail, all the detail. Still, nothing done, but it's all there. All that detail is in there, and and it's uh, it's tremendous amount of detail. It's called in Hebrew Bina, so that's Chochma, and then this this Hay is called Bina, and within Bina is it, Bina is the fleshing out of all the details, everything. Like for example, when you decided to come to Israel, you had details. You know, you have to call traveling. You got to break out the calendar. You got to see how much money you have. You got to see what class you're going to sit. You got to you got to um, check out how many days you got to be here. Uh, where you're going to be going? Your whole plan of what you're doing. That whole plan is all part of Bina. And regarding God, this whole the all the intricacies that are going to be our creation, including all of world history, is all going to be within the. Hey here. This is the dimension of that thought. So your thought of I'm coming to Israel has tremendous dimension to it. But that's the hay. The hay is all the dimension. Whereas the thought of coming to Israel is just a you I'm going to Israel. The hey is all the possibilities there. The VAV is already you flying across the sea or you landing in the land of Israel. And then you walking through the airport is the final oh, hay. That's the dimension of the whole system. Now, let's go into the Vav a little bit. The Vav is the number six. It has to do with chesed, gevur, teferes, netzachod so Okay, that's Those words probably sound like uh, Chinese to some of you right now, but that's okay. Um, I'll do them in English. So they are flow, structure, um, beauty. Uh, beauty is kind of hard. It's just from lack of a better word. So flow, structure, beauty, Uh, perseverance focus and connection okay those are those are all of them so so flow i'll give you an example it's going on by the way everywhere so flow like there's electricity coming up this cable all the way up to this phone that you're listening to the class with so there's flow right there's also um all that flow isn't like shocking us right now thank god because it's being structured by a cable A cable's holding it in now, it's not just coming through once and just making my phone flash. It's constant. It's got perseverance. It's called Netsa. Nets it's constantly flowing in. This whole class, I, you know, I've, my phone's being powered by this cable. So that's the perseverance. But it's also got focus in that it's um, it's not, uh, remember that I said the fifth one was focus? So foc- it's also focus, meaning it's it's really just 220 volts, Coming through, specifically adapted for this phone's input. Like it's it's focused. Okay, it didn't um, it didn't need like let's say my let's say my phone was a one ten. Like our our phones are obviously going to be one ten to two twenty, but let's say it was a one ten. So if it were a one ten, what would I have to do to focus the power? Yeah, I need a converter and so that's this is the attribute by the way of hode number 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 5 is hode focus and so i'd have to put a converter and then everything would be cool but i'd i'd have to make sure that i had that hode thing focusing focusing the right amount of power down to the 110 or i'm going to blow the phone up with 220 it would be double and the and then there's you so is can you imagine i mean i've done stupid stuff like this before but in my car, I don't know where this other iPhone cable came from, but somehow there was another iPhone cable in my car, and I plugged it into my iPhone. Except it the other side wasn't plugged into anything. Meaning someone put an iPhone cable in my car. So I drove like an hour. When I was pretty low battery to start with, and I, but I was kind of like driving, like kind of happy that I'd come. You know, we all know happiness is your smartphone battery is full. So I was kind of driving with this satisfaction, knowing that when I arrive, I will have some power i'm not going to be able to get power where i'm going for a good hour or two and i get there and i see i'm like the thing's almost dead i'm on one percent and i follow the cable it's it's going nowhere it's going nowhere because someone put an iphone cable in my car and i plugged the wrong one in so that's the last one it was connection meaning this is going from the wall but it is sitting inside my phone right there which is connection now just want to mention since we're on the subject that this week is Connection Week. This is Connection Week. Right now, we're in the sixth week of the counting of the Omer, which is Connection. And so, and so this is the time of year where you want to make sure you're hitting the USB cable. Meaning, if you have not called your parents in a little while, call them. If you have not called your kids in a while, call them. This is, meaning you want to make sure you're Connecting, probably. you're speaking to someone. Keep the eye contact. You know this is where you really want to like get the ball in the basket in in your life, like because because this is this is connection week. And today I think is the fifth day of the yeah, it's the fifth day of the sixth week, which is Hod Shabbat Yisod. By the way, tune in for tomorrow's class because tomorrow's class is Yisod Shabbat Yisod where I will be covering the entire psychedelic movement of the sixties, six day war. And, uh, you know, and all of like this incredible convergence that took place on the sixth day of the sixth sphere was the six day war was the, the re re, uh, achieving of biblical realist biblical borders, at least East West for Israel and the beginning of a whole messianic era. Was this all happen sixth day of the sixth week? Was the sixth day word that'll be tomorrow's class? Which will be right? Okay. Oh no! Tomorrow's Friday. I mean, that's great news, but I'm not going to be able to teach that class to you guys. Oh, Shame. If you remind me next week, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it in retrospect. I would have done it today. Shame, and it's already full. This is a really fantastic class. Um, By the way, you can find it online um, if you Google Western Civilizations War Against the Conscience. um, No. no, That's also a title that's pretty intense, too. But this one's called... um, I think it's called Western Civilizations Clash... With Judaism, I think. I don't remember what it's called. Are you on Google over there? Yeah, I'm on the top. Western civilization. Probably. Yeah, Western civilizations clash with Judaism. Anyway, something that maybe you want to listen to starting tonight on the sixth day of the sixth week. Which is pretty in pretty cool class, pretty out there. Okay, um, just to wrap this baby up is the final hay. The final hay is, is the dimension of the whole entire project getting to current. So meaning it's the physical world that you're in right now. You're all sitting here on your trip in Israel. 3D. You're in this class. You're in Jerusalem. You're overlooking the Temple Mount. I mean, you did it. It all happened. Like you're here. And, and that's really amazing because you once had an idea, Israel. And now you're in that final hay. This is the final hay of that thought of, I'm going to Israel. And well, here you are, 3D, three dimension. And what's the final hay? The dimension of all the logistics that took place. Remember Vogue's logistical? All that has to do with logistics. So, so you're now at that point of the all those logistics coming into fruition. Now, regarding God, we got Yud is God. I'm going to create a world. pay hey, is what's that world made of? Ultimately, the Vav is the Vav is God beaming creation into existence via light that's Chesed. Gavur is these parallel worlds that screen out the light i didn't mention tu ferris tu ferris i had said was beauty is making sure that the balance between how much he's shooting out and how much is getting filtered is not going to blow us out of the water you understand that it's got to be it's always got to have its eye on the, the recipient on the final Hay. it's got to have it its eye on the recipient so that's uh that's too fair, is, is to make sure that it, it's the appropriate amount for I it. Yeah. the word harmony. That's what my rabbi back in high school used. Harmony? I mean, balance is good. Right. Balance is good. Harmony. Mm-hmm. Those are good words. The reason I say beauty is I think more in terms of my guitar. Uh-huh. Is that if I just strum the strings without touching them, full oscillation, meaning every string gets to get full oscillation. It sounds horrible. Have you ever heard of open... Just open-tuned, it sounds bad. But what happens is I limit each string with my left hand. I So that's chesed. Guvur, is I limit each string with my fingers, which limits oscillation. I'm making it, the point from my finger to the bridge smaller, which is going to raise its tone. So now I've limited the oscillation, oscillations. But how I limit it, it's going to be based on a song that I would think all of you would want to hear. Meaning I'm looking at the recipient, that final, hey, the seventh attribute called Malchus. I'm looking at all of you and I'm saying, hmm, what would this class like to hear right now? And then I start, I os- I start limiting the oscillations of each string with my left hand on the fretboard. And when I play, it's beautiful. That's why I use the word, because it's beautiful for the recipient. Okay, everybody, so we're going to wrap this up. Um, the, anyway, but that's the name of God. So start slowing down a little bit when you say blessings over the next couple days. Just slow it all down so that your mind can go. Think how many, we just did an hour's worth of thoughts on this and But think how fast we say it when we say it. And when we say it, we don't even say this. So like you're saying something else, you have to have in mind this. And then when you have this in mind, you have to, you know, you have to go through it a bit. So you got to go slowly. Later, it can become more of a zip file that you just kind of unzip. But at this point, we got to slow it all down and make our blessings special and good. Okay, shall I run? Have a good Shabbos. Oh, I forgot one important announcement. Can you grab a cup, please? Um, there's a rabbi who... Is, he's not really a rabbi, but he looks like a rabbi. He um, He's a poor guy who lost his job. And, and he, we feed him from Thursday's class. So if you can just pass... No, just one, cl- one cup. Just, if you can just pass around a cup. Stuff that folds buys chicken. Stuff that jingles buys drinks. So we literally feed this family every... Uh, every shabbos so if people can please just put in a little money in there so that this guy um you know which guy this is out there you know which guy it is you mind he's out there uh, j- just pass it around um everyone just pitch in a bit you've just experienced another torah class brought to you by